0: When I was in college, there came this point where I realized that I was hiding myself behind all these masks because I didn't like what I saw when it was just me. Instead of being who I really was, I was drawing up all these different images of myself that made it seem to the world that I wasn't messed up on the inside. I put up this persona of having it all together when I didn't. And so I struggled whenever I heard the statement that God loves me. I admit, when people would tell me that God loves me, I would immediately sink in this demeanor of huh, tell me something I don't know. But the truth was that was the very thing I didn't know. I mean, if I did know that God loved me, I wouldn't have felt the need to be someone different in order to be accepted. I could have just been myself. God says he loves us. But I haven't met or read of any person who has perfectly received that truth for their other than Jesus. Jesus was the only person who fully believed that when God says he loves us, he meant it. This is clear to me because nowhere in the Gospels does it say that Jesus tried becoming better. It simply says he did what God commanded and lived in perfect obedience to him. He was able to move, live, thrive, and just be, only because he held to this conviction that he didn't need to be someone else. God loved him for who he was, and the same applies to us. If we're going to live like Jesus, we need to realize one thing, that we're valuable as we are, right here and right now. Not as who we're becoming or who we should be, we're valuable as we are. And that gives us the freedom to go about life in a radically different way. So for this episode, I wanted to find a story where someone was able to change their life completely By just realizing they're valuable to God. And what I found was an incredible story of Polly Wright. So, with that being said, you're listening to the Jesus Hacks Podcast. Let's get started.
1: Abuse is haunting? And it is destructive and it is terrifying and numbing and every fearful thought that you can conjure up in your heart is what sexual abuse does to you. And when it happens to you in any form, it paralyzes the reality of who you think you are, Um, any kind of abuse. So be it sexual, verbal, physical, mental, spiritual it's all destructive.
0: When Polly was a young girl, her sense of value and self-worth was squashed when she was sexually abused.
1: Uh, I was seven years old. I was an undeveloped little girl, and I was full of hope. And I loved playing outside. I had a wonderful puppy dog I'd get all dirty with. And um, I also loved taking baths it was one of my favorite things we lived in a very old home and it had this beautiful clawfoot bathtub and i'd fill it to as high as i could get it without splashing all the water out and i would stay in the water for hours there was a man that i very much adored and just like the majority of all abuse it's usually done by somebody you you know somebody the family trusts somebody That's a relative, a close neighbor, or a pastor, or somebody that you very much trust. And I trusted this man with all I had. I adored him. So when he walked into the bathroom where I was taking a bath, um, I wasn't worried. I uh, was excited to see him, and he shut the door. But that's when the painful horror began for me. Uh, he took my innocence. He stole the very parts of me that gave me value, the very parts that spoke worth into me. And that day, He silenced me. He put a fear in me and a pain that crushed my heart and changed how I would look at people and how I would see the world. And in that moment, everything shifted Um, what I thought love was became incredibly distorted. I began to believe um, and receive love from men that um, I had to give myself to them, thinking that the only way that a man would love me would be that I, I gave of myself.
0: Since the moment her innocence was taken from her in that bathtub, Polly couldn't see herself as valuable. From this stemmed a number of bad decisions and regrets.
1: So when you find out you're pregnant at the age of 14, you, you are totally filled with fear, and shame, and guilt, and you become mad at yourself. Um, and I didn't want to tell anybody that um, what I realized later is that I had been raped and became pregnant from that rape because I thought it was my fault already. So where I had been looking for love and where I had been searching because of the abuse that happened to me at such a young age, I uh, was kept seeking it and kept seeking it. And this man um, got me pregnant. And I told my grandmother because I was terrified to tell my parents, because I snuck out of the house all the time. And, and being filled with complete fear, being filled with complete shame, and the title that I already had at school, at being easy, and I was that kind of girl and judge and all that, but nobody knew my story. <laughs> um, it just compounded the, the value that I already had placed on myself, which was nothing And um, as my parents, uh, we all talked about, my granny helped me tell my parents my my pregnancy. And we all talked about what would be best, and that would be to get an abortion. So my parents took me, and um, during the abortion, I was alone. The nurse was in there with me, and then, of course, the doctor, and laying there at the age of 14, Having, being numb, more bricks going up on your wall, going, nobody will ever touch me again. I can never do this again. And the pain of going, I am removing a life out of my body because of the things that I chose to do. And the pain and the fear and the hurt was overwhelming and walking out of there making vows to myself of never sleeping with men again, but then breaking them over and over and over again because I had the thoughts of distorted love for me and I needed love so badly. I continued a path of destruction
0: as the years passed. Polly believed that she could leave behind all the baggage from her past. But the pain of not feeling valuable and cherished followed her and led her into more troubles. But before we hear that, let's break to hear a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, Neil Smudre here, and I want to talk to you about a free course being offered at JesusHacks.com. It's called, How to Establish a Peaceful Daily Rhythm in a Busy Life. Let's face it, life today is crazy busy, and for some reason, society has this idea that being overly busy is a good thing. But if you look in the Bible, you'll see that we weren't created for the stress and busyness. We were created to have a rhythm to life. What this means is, we live out of our beliefs instead of what society demands of us. That we create a necessary space to reflect on character and spirituality. And that we find a fulfilling, meaningful life outside of our busyness. If you want this life of rhythm, join my free 7-day course by going to jesushacks.com rhythm.
1: So I graduated high school and which was a miracle in itself. I went to college at a local college in, in Texas and in East Texas and in an abuse, an abused person's life, normal behavior is compartmentalization and it's what we do to survive. We have to compartmentalize our lives to be able to keep taking the next step into the next day. And I had compartmentalized my life. So this was my chance to put all of my high school, my abortion, my multiple partners, uh, everything that I believed bad about myself in the past. And I'm going go to go into college. I was an art major, film minor. I was studying animation. And I was stepping into this new poly. I get to be this new girl and I get a fresh start. And but I still have all the heaviness in my my heart. So I'm in college, I'm doing great. And a quote unquote friend of mine that I had known from high school said, hey, Polly, you're young, you're beautiful. Um, Would you be interested in coming to this club and start stripping? Because you would make tons of money. And I did not need the money my college was paid for um i had allowances and i didn't need it but in that moment i thought this is my chance to control men this is my chance to tell these guys no you cannot touch me or no uh, or yes you can but it's going to cost you and i switched into becoming a stripper while i was going to school and it tore me apart The lies that I believed, the lie that the enemy told me that I was going to have power was very much the opposite.
0: Polly's lack of self-worth caused her to have distorted views, which ultimately led her to stripping and feeling more empty on the inside. It finally got to the point where she couldn't take it anymore.
1: And about two years after dancing and failing out of college, um... I couldn't do it anymore. The whole addiction of um, alcohol, and uh, I used a lot more drugs back in high school and used a little bit in college, but my main drug was alcohol to numb, and I would drink myself to sleep, and it was at its peak, and one night, I I took a gun that my neighbor had given me for protection, and I took it, and I drove around the loop. Um at the school, and I was like, "I'm done. I I can't do this anymore." And I had grown up not believing in God. Uh, I, I was atheist. I would argue um, that if there was a God, how could a God so wonderful let such horrible things happen to a little girl? And that night, I um, I had been going to counseling and all that to work through some depression and memories and. Um, I drove up to my uh, ex-boyfriend's apartment, and I sat there with a gun in my lap. And in that moment, something said, you're worth living. And I walked up to his door and handed him the gun, and he called my counselor, and I was put into a home um, for a little while. I never danced again after that, but there's a saying in the ministry that I started that we leave the industry But sometimes the industry doesn't leave us until we've walked through full redemption. And in that moment where I said, you know, I heard, do not kill yourself, I still didn't believe in God. And I still had this belief that I was not worth anything. So the fact that I didn't take my life is in itself a miracle that I realized many years later when I did come to know Him.
0: I travel over mountains Through the jungle and the desert lands I wonder, some might say. You will be my strength, you will be my song, you will guide me. In a few short months, Polly's life took a drastic turn, which allowed her to lean into God.
1: I moved back to the Texas area, the Dallas Fort Worth area after living uh after I left from the home, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee and then came back to the area when I was 22 and started working and near my family and things like that. And I was still drinking and partying and um and I met a man and we I right when I turned 23, I met him and I got pregnant, I got engaged, got married, found out we were pregnant with twins, and became a housewife all in nine months. Uh, my daughters were born at 27 weeks, so all of this happened within a very short period of time. And what I was saying before about the compartmentalization is that this was something that I very much compartmentalized again. I left all of my stripping behind. I left all of my... um my wild, promiscuous days. And now I'm going to be a housewife. And all those things in the boxes, I'm just going to leave behind me. And it was, for three years, it was a very difficult time. Uh My husband traveled uh, four to five days a week. And my daughters just wondering if they're going to be okay because they were born so prematurely. The doctor said if they live, they're going to be severely mentally, physically challenged. But in that time, God started speaking to me. He started showing me miracles. My daughters uh, are 19 today, and (laughs) you wouldn't even know that they were premature. Um, My mother-in-law, at the time, she loved me. She knew I had a hard past. She didn't know I had been a stripper and all that kind of stuff. But she was a Southern Baptist woman who loved me. And I had been people who I had judged from the religious community who had tried to save me, who had said, you know, I'm gonna go to hell for what I'm doing and all of that. You know, that's the Jesus I want to (laughs) know. But 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 she proved all those people wrong. And she just loved me. And so I got to God started softening my heart. God started wooing me to Him. And um, we started going to church. And there was this church in Dallas. And the pastor was talking on uh, Noah's Ark, of all things. And I don't even know what happened except for God showed up. And I came to know the Lord. And it was beautiful and powerful. And that happened in October of 1999. And my heart was forever changed.
0: When she finally found God in the midst of her deepest pain and struggle, she felt like God was telling her something different about herself.
1: And he started telling me that I am I am valuable. I am his. I'm his daughter.
0: It was those simple realizations that began changing Polly's life for good. So I To the Lamb who has purchased me With His own blood and I stand in His righteousness Washed by His mercy in love. and love Though I fail a thousand times Lord, Your mercy I knew every morning So wash my heart clean Let my spirit be steadfast and strong And all my sins like scarlet, will be white
1: One of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians 5, 2 out of the message, and it's, Christ's love was not cautious, but extravagant, love like that. And over these several years, God has shown me a picture in multiple ways of what it looks like to love extravagantly. And, and when you are engulfed in shame, when you are engulfed in fear where you can't even see through the wall of shame because of what you carry. He's saying, my love is not cautious. And I am not afraid of your story. I am not afraid of what you have done. I am not afraid of what you carry. I'm not afraid of it. And He will look you straight in the eyes. And when you are vulnerable, even if it's just a little bit, just give Him a little bit of that. And and you hand it to Him That vulnerability is an antidote to shame. The vulnerability to open up your heart just just a little bit and say, God, I'm going to trust you with this piece. And you can hang on to all the others for now, and you're going to give him that little piece. And I encourage you to ask him, say, God, how do you see me? I did this. I had an abortion. Or I took my girlfriend to get an abortion, or I left a girl who was pregnant, or I used drugs, or I raped a girl, or all these different things. And even if you cheated on a test, and and you may have a very, very sweet life with no abuse, no drug use, anything like that, you are just as valuable to the Lord to hand everything that you carry shame in. And I always encourage people that the first thing is to ask God, Lord, what do you want me to hand you? And if it's a big, huge lump and you're afraid to give it to him, just give a little bit and say, God, here's this piece. I'm going to be vulnerable with you. And Lord, show me how you see me.
0: Now I see that the reason Jesus was able to do all that he did was because he didn't waste his time doubting whether he was valuable or not. He knew he was loved by God, so he didn't have to prove himself or engage in destructive habits of looking for love. He made a difference by being himself. And that's what's on the line here. By seeing ourselves as less than worthy, we destroy our impact let go of all that we can be, Polly showed me that by seeing myself as valuable, I could make so much more of a difference. So that's where I am today, telling myself over and over again that God loves me and actually believing it. Materials and show notes to this episode, visit JesusHacks.com. Thanks for listening.